Thank you, Heavenly Father. If you got an amplified classic Bible, maybe bring it to Joel's bar today or tune in on your phones. And, and the amplified will be in Psalms 84 a little bit. God gave me Psalms 84 today. And there is some really wonderful stuff in there that we're going to dive into, into the deep. Experiencing the peace of love. There is no peace like love. And actually, divine peace is the fruit of love. It's the offshoot of love. <laughs> and there's an intensification of peace today. If you don't have an Amplified Classic Bible, get one. Uh, don't get the new Amplified. It's garbage. You can burn that one. Burn that Bible. <laughs> it's really, really trash. But you get the old Amplified Classic. It's on the Bible Gateway. It's also on the, the Bible app, the U version. We have it on our Red Letter Ministries app. If you want to install the RLM app in both the Android and Apple stores. Amplified Classic translations built into our app. Overall, it's my favorite version of the scriptures to study from because it really goes into the depth of the Hebrew and the Greek and the original meaning, and it's the most accurate translation of the Bible I've ever found studying 150 translations of the scriptures. I love the Amplified Classic. So, Father, prepare our hearts. Humble our hearts. Crucify our brains. Anything that squirms and fights your word, be nailed to the cross right now. I release the deliverance angels with their nails and hammers to bind every creepy crawling thing and thing that crawls on its belly that be creeping around in the rooms of our soul. Nail it to the cross that we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit says in Christianity. Holy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, we are still adjusting to the new studio and getting all of the settings perfected. It's a, it's a lot of stuff going on here. It's really, really good. But I think we're at a new level of mastering the music of Zion. We want our listeners and our viewers to have the ultimate experience of sound, vibration, frequency, light, revelation, glory, power, all of that in the finest excellence available every day. It's very important to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good. Love you, Father. Love you, Father. Your love is heaven. 
Love is heaven. Mm. The greater you experience the love of God in your soul, the greater the heaven on earth. Give us revelations of divine love to live in the fullness of your heavenly glory. <laughs> what is revelation? We'll get into Psalms 84 in a minute. There's always a build. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> glory. <laughs> you might need some strong drink to put the bread down, so go ahead. Have the new wine of the new covenant. I couldn't believe a Christian says, how can you be a Nazarite and be on the new wine? Nazarites forbid alcohol. I mean, it's like, what in the world kind of Christianity do these people come from? I am so in shock of where people come from. It's, it's really such a culture shock for me. We've been in the new wine for, I mean, 13 years every day. It's like the centerpiece of my life, the cup of the new covenant. People don't even have a Christianity where the cup of his blood, the new wine of the new covenant is the centerpiece. And it's to someone like me that lives in the heavenly glory consistently for over 10 years, it's bizarre. Like I have a hard time remembering that those places even exist. Just like when you go into heaven, you have a hard time relating to sin or remembering sin, relating to doubt and unbelief and relating and remembering to darkness. It's difficult to remember, and that's good because you're being so healed in your timelines that sin and darkness has no influence in your soul, and your soul is literally becoming virgin. Only virgins live as angels. Do you know that? The Bible says it. Does that mean those that ever had sex can't live as angels? No, it means that the glory renews you. The glory makes you better than before you were virgins. I'm talking about physically. <laughs> I'm talking about in your first love. I'm talking about in your soul, in your memories, in your eyes, in your ears. You get so purified by the glory, and it doesn't matter if you were a prostitute like Mary Magdalene. Come on. If you were the biggest whore in Israel, like Mary Magdalene, in whom Jesus cast out seven demons, a professional prostitute sleeping with multiple, multiple men for money and became an apostle out of that, guys. <laughs> God restored her virginity physically, and he'll restore yours too. And even if you've lived a good life and haven't got into much rebellion, the glory will make you better than you could ever imagine. It is so amazing what the glory of God is able to do. So it's all about glorification. Romans chapter 8 says it's not about justification. God bless the fire insurance preachers. But it, and it's not just about sanctification. God bless the holiness preachers. It's about glorification. The 30-fold is the justification of the gospel. The 60-fold is the sanctification of of the gospel. Well, we're going into the hundredfold, which is the glorification of the gospel. Without the glory, there's no promised land. You don't want to just stay sanctified. That ain't no fun. Preaching holiness every day. And the holiness is great, but the holiness is only to bring you into the glory. The reason why we don't drink alcohol, we don't do drugs anymore is because we've come into superior alcohol and superior drugs called the glory, glorification. People that refrain from sin are in a 60-fold state of sanctification, but they're not having fun because they haven't gone into the 100-fold realm of glorification. The promised land of all justification and sanctification is glorification. <laughs> we need the glory. Without the glory, you're not going to have what's called the fullness of joy. You be set apart from sin. You're not going out to the nightclub acting like sluts anymore. 
You're not banging heroin. You're not smoking crack. You know, you've got a little bit of sanctification, but are you having more fun than the nightclubbers? Are you having more fun than the rebels? Not in sanctification. You're not. You are not a more fun personality to be around and that level in the 60-fold. Only in the 100-fold can you make them jealous by superior fun, superior pleasure. That's your promised land. That's Zion. Zion is the 100-fold realm. 30-fold, 60-fold is only to get you into the glory of Zion. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's true. Hallelujah. Well, we like the truth. Somebody's going to know the truth, and the truth is going to get them into bondage. Bond servants in chains. Such a greater peace today. You know, gentleness is the fruit of the Spirit. It's one that I really lacked for years. And, you know, and God convicted me every week. You're not very gentle with people. You're kind of mean, kind of aggressive, almost sometimes grouchy towards demons and sin and darkness. And, you know, there's a reason for it because it's always attacking me. And so I attack back. When, when you're getting attacked by hell, the natural response of a soldier, a warrior, is to attack back. I mean, we don't take any crap from anyone, ever. Not when we were in the world, and especially not that now we found Jesus in the truth. You know, we're like Peter the Zealot cutting off the people's ears. Put your sword away. You know, Jesus has to tell us at least weekly to put your sword away. Stop cutting off their ears. <laughs> and until we kind of mature, there is a maturing that you go through because we are that zealot and we love him so much that we might physically attack people and go after them. <laughs> and the Father enjoys that zeal, but there is a maturing of the zeal to attack them like Jesus attacked them with angel power, with royal power, with the Holy Spirit power. It's to do real damage to them so that people aren't coming into your meetings missing body parts. You can... The Church of Peter, he's got a sword at the pulpit. You might lose an eye. <laughs> you, know, you might leave the service with only one hand because that hand was causing you to stumble. They have the body parts part of the church. Are you stumbling? You know, Peter's here chopping ears off, poking eyes out, and hands because you can't stop masturbating to pornography. Well, with your little stubs, you're not going to have that problem anymore. <laughs> Church of Peter. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny is there is actually glory on that. <laughs> if people look down from heaven, they said, you know, that might have improved the quality of my walk with Christ and the eternal valuable things if I only had one eye. If I only had uh, stubs. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you get them back in heaven and in the resurrection. You get your body parts back. It's only temporary. Give or take several thousand years. Not a big deal in the spectrum of eternity. Amen. We thank you, Father, for the discipline in our spirit and in our soul that we don't need to lose body parts. Jesus said, if it causes you to stumble, just pluck it out. What kind of teaching is this? In the early days of Christianity, there were monks and sects of Christians that did that. You know that? Radicals. Because <laughs> they didn't have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to refrain from sin. Thank God we grew in wisdom. We want to enter the kingdom with our entire body. Father, we have served you with all our bones. There isn't a rebellious bone in our body. Not that we're good people, but that your spirit is good. That your spirit has energized us 
to obey you fully, not just in spirit, but in truth, which is physically. The Spirit's been emphasizing Hebrews chapter 11 this week. The champions of faith were known for their great exploits, not in the spirit, but in the natural. Faith without works is dead. Isn't it crazy that it doesn't even mention any of the spiritual things that the champions did? But here's the natural evidence of their spiritual faith. Here is how their spiritual faith manifested into the natural realm. Here's how they got to be the champions. Here's how they got to be the 24 elders around his throne. They did something with their spirit filled with glory. They did mighty exploits. Lord, let your works appear. Jesus Christ said in John 14, 12, greater works will you do because I'm going to the Father. You guys ready to get into works? Yeah, you're gonna. God has prepared works for you to do. Psalms 139. He has written them in his book before the foundation of the world. Every angel works. <laughs> and you're going to be like the angels, which means working. And at the end of the age, the angels are the workers. Guess what? Your spirit is one of those angels. The word angel just means spirit. Your spirit is the exact same substance right now as Michael, Uriel, Gabriel, Raphael, and all the angels. You have the same angelic type spirits as the angels. 100% exactly the same from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, he must increase in your angelic nature and your animal nature must decrease. When we were animals, we lived in the flesh with our minds and conscience seared because of the activity of the animal. What is the Old Covenant animal sacrifice? It symbolizes the crucifixion of your animal bones, your animal brains. You look at your brains, I mean, they look like cat brains. They look like dog brains. There's not much difference, people. You look at your bones, what's the difference between your bones and elephant bones, your bones and monkey bones? If we identify with the flesh, we are only a couple percentages smarter than the animals and sometimes dumber. And, you know, we prove that because we'll make war against each other and kill each other over material objects. Woo! Evil. And all that evil is because we've given our souls to the flesh to be like animals. Romans 1 says it. And they bear the image of animals, birds, reptiles, and creeping things instead of bearing the image of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Bearing the image of creatures instead of the Creator. And the Creator is what? The Holy Spirit in your heart. Now it needs to rise in your heart and be the Holy Spirit burning behind your eyeballs in your brains crucifying your brains with Christ and Christ is the Holy Spirit he was Jesus of Nazareth and then the Spirit descended upon him in the form of the dove and he became Jesus Holy Spirit or Jesus Christ wow have you received the Holy Spirit what is your last name Christ that's what the name Christian means it's a race. When you receive God's Spirit, you become a member of God's family, His holy nation. You become of the Spirit race of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that's what an Israelite is? Those conceived and raised by the Holy Spirit race of divine beings, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are the Israel of God, are the 12 tribes of Israel in Revelation. Remember that book is the Revelation of Jesus Christ, 22 chapters. 
So those 12 tribes are inside Jesus Christ. There is not one thing from Revelation 1 to Revelation 22 that's outside of Jesus and outside of his flesh because the book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's not about the devil. It's not about demons. It's not about the Antichrist. This is the revelation of Jesus. And so all 12 tribes, every single aspect of eternal heaven, of eternal Israel, of eternal Jerusalem is inside the revelation of Jesus Christ. That needs to be a foundation for your understanding coming into sonship, coming into the promised land and reading the word. When you read the word, you have to read it as a member of his royal race. People think race and the animal, which is the demon, says racism, black, white, red, yellow, animal, kangaroo, chimpanzee, koala bear. Look at these Australian animals. Must be Australians watching right now. <laughs> Raccoons, gray squirrels, robins. Here we go. Minnesota animals. Hallelujah. <laughs> Timber wolves, loons, moose. <laughs> Woo, glory. <laughs> oh man, that gets me drunk. <laughs> Woo, glory. <laughs> Whoa. Woo. <laughs> hmm, glory. <laughs> wow. Wow, something's burning here. Mm. Yeah, it's the animal nature. And you know, you can only experience God's original design of Adam being the zookeeper when your divinity is full and complete, which is the renewing of your mind. No one doubts that you have the fullness of deity in bodily form. It's the renewing of the brain to the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Godhead, in your heart that takes time. It takes time for this brain to be constantly submitted to the throne of the Lamb in your heart. And we're still working on it. There are still animal and tribal tendencies. And by tribal, I mean my tribe and your tribe, competition, envy, stripe, which is all animalistic attributes of demons that are inside the human race. See, the fallen angels made Adam and Eve progressively through sin like the animals. And they themselves became the false sons of God, the, inheritor, the inheritors of the universe by corrupting humanity. You understand that? So you have to become uncorrupted through the incorruptible one, Jesus Christ and his spirit and his word in order to rise out of the animals, days of Noah, into the realm of the angels, into the realm of divine power, the glory, into the realm of fire, into the realm of Zion, the Zion realm, the resurrection habitation, the place that he has prepared for you. There is a continual rising as your brain submits to your angelic nature. This thing right here determines external animalistic or internal angelic. That's why you got to die daily in the place of the skull, Golgotha, right here in the brain, so that the brain yields to the spirit. Romans 8 tells you the whole wide path and the narrow path. If the brain is controlled by the world, it's at war against Jesus. All the Christians who are carnal Christians, carnally minded, the Bible says, are at war against the Holy Ghost. Don't matter if you pray in tongues. Don't matter if you use the gifts. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Your brain was never controlled by your heart one day in your life. Total hypocrite. No rewards. You'd be lucky if you make it into heaven. Salvation is the submission of the brain into the heart. Because 
People think, oh, I got fire insurance. Listen, do you realize that you're just going to continue on in the current state of your soul forever? That's why you got to change your soul now. doesn't matter how hard it is. Whatever it takes to change your souls now, do it. And get right with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in your heart. Because death or after your bodies decay and you pop out of that body, you will continue the exact same state of your souls you're currently in right now. That's reality. There'll be no shock. It'll just be a continuation of the exact same path, direction of what you are currently walking in, in your souls, in your hearts, in your brains, and in your bones. Right now, your spirit will continue experiencing that same course forever <laughs> so we want to change the course of our life by submitting to Jesus in our spirit giving him our brain every day giving him our heart our emotions every day and giving him our will our bones every day so that our course is Isaiah chapter 11 and he shall spring up like a tender shoot straight up vertical ascension not even deviating to the left or right no distractions no human animalistic garbage ever was found in the Lord Jesus's life no he's perfect but I'm telling you he shared that ability with you that's not something oh I wish I had that you already have that <laughs> you have the spirit of Jesus already in your spirit the issue is can you yield your soul and when you yield your soul you burn your soul and the animal freaks out usually gets off the altar forget that mess I can't give up my life I love my life I mean I would rather hold on to my life than give my life up to the fire of the Spirit of Jesus trying to scorch and kill the animal <laughs> and you get a, to be a proficient high priest or with the high priest working in the high priesthood, you enjoy the daily animal sacrifice. It's called I die daily. You know, Paul was operating as the high priest. What was he doing? Bringing the animal sacrifice. What's the animal? The woman born of flesh. That's why the only mention of Christi Christianity in the whole book of Revelation is the woman, because in the eyes of the Messiah, all flesh is woman. You were born of woman, now you're born of spirit. Spirit saves woman, spirit saves flesh. So Jesus, perfect wisdom, saw the need of redemption only as the woman or Eve who later becomes the bride of Christ by the works of the Spirit of Jesus <laughs> getting her mind out of hell, out of the animal, burning the animal as a sacrifice, but in the fire of the Holy Ghost and pulling all that flesh into the glory of God. That's called Christianity and the New Covenant. And you're learning how to be priests who pull animal flesh into divine glory now Jesus does not have animal flesh Philippians 3 says he has celestial flesh and you too will be changed in like manner into the same exact divine celestial flesh as Jesus Christ that flesh don't sin that flesh doesn't decay he's looking 33 today like he did 2,000 years ago because he has different flesh we want that flesh that's the flesh that we get as we conquer and overcome death by believing the truth the word of grace sanctifies you and sets you apart for the inheritance of glory people have always talked about during the church age they have gone to glory what, they passed over from the planet into heaven through death? The issue is we haven't had enough revelations of the knowledge of the glory to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. 
because we've been infants in Christ. We've been intensely religious. And honestly, compared to where we're going, we all still are very religious even right now today. Oh, we can toke the ghost and we can get drunk on the new wine. Listen, man, there are just hundreds and hundreds of levels we're going into that we've never experienced. You gotta stay humble. Just because you got a little freedom, one step, step out of the tabernacle of Molech, doesn't mean you've really entered into anything. Stay humble lest you fall. <laughs> you must take heed that you stand, which, what does standing mean? Rely on the word lest you fall. Rely on revelation looking at the sapphire stones of the promises you believe and act on and you have sacrificed the selfish nature for to stand on sapphire stones moses walked over sapphire stones into heaven and he took 70 elders of israel with him the sapphire stones are the living prophetic words of god well all living words are prophetic but we are so coming out of the church age that we just call it the prophetic word or prophecy there isn't a thing God has ever done that's not prophetic because God's a prophet it's not like oh here's the prophetic word give me a prophetic word here's prophecy it is constant 24 7 effortless God is an eagle God is a white eagle Jesus Christ is a white eagle a throne room prophet meaning Everything he does, no matter what it is, all the time, 24-7, when he sleeps, it's prophetic. When he walks down the street, it's prophetic. When he drives his car, it's prophetic. There is no off switch for the true prophetic of God. We have turned the prophetic into religion, haven't we? It's, it's time for prophecy. <laughs> People are like, can I have a prophetic word? Is there a word that's not prophetic? Yes, it's called the dead letter that kills. Are we eating so much death that sometimes we need prophecy? And it's insane activity because God is continuously prophetic, effortlessly. It's very, very disturbing activity that needs to change in Christianity because if it's not prophetic, it's not God. Never has been, never will be. There's no on or off in the prophetic. It's sapphire stone after sapphire stone, which is walking with Christ. Christ is the prophetic anointing. Christ means oil, the anointed one in the anointing. That's what Christ means, the term used a hundred times in the New Testament. Christ is the prophetic anointing. So if you have Christianity or Christ in you, you have prophetic anointing in you. That means as you begin to wake up from the realm of the dead, you'll see every single activity done under the sun is prophesying because you're coming alive and being alive means that you're prophetic. <laughs> so anytime you open your mouth, are you prophesying? Yes. Yes, you are. There is no on or off of prophecy. Otherwise, that means you're still going into the realm of the dead and practicing necromancy by speaking words of death. Because if it's a living word, it's a prophetic word. And you just can't emphasize that enough because people have this mindset of Christianity because of 40 years of the prophetic church that was inside buildings made by human hands that needs to be burned off of you. It's still wilderness attached to you. It's still grave clothes attached to us that must burn. The cloud of glory is a prophetic cloud. <laughs> Everything you encounter in heaven is perfect prophetics all the time. And there is deep, enriching meaning into every single detail from God the Father. You could look at a blade of grass, go in with your mind, and there would be books of revelation on one blade of grass in the Garden of Eden. Every word is an endless ocean, a crystal sea, the sapphire expanse. And it's sapphire that takes you before his throne. Sailing on the sapphire sea, 
ever-increasing prophecy. Your eyes awakening, beginning to see the greater glory within thee. What is knowing Jesus face to face? It's being filled with prophetic words, living words, truth. We talk about revelation every day for years. What is revelation? It is our daily bread. We are revelators because we are feasters of the kingdom of heaven. God has spoken in past generations, but in this present time, he has spoken by his son. In past generations, he has spoken by prophets. But now, Hebrews says, he speaks through his own son. It's a completely different level of prophetics. We are coming out of old covenant prophetics. The standard is no longer speaking through the prophets of old. The standard is the Son of God. The Son of God didn't speak out of a measure of prophecy. He didn't have it orated by angels in his ear like Jeremiah, like Ezekiel, like Daniel. He had the spirit of prophecy without measure as the seven spirits of God. It's a completely different prophetic system. We've barely tapped into it in 2,000 years. But we will, because it's our promised land. The promised land, the new Jerusalem, is a people pickled in prophecy. Not prophecy as you know it, not fortune cookie Christianity, not give me a prophetic word, not even knowing the future, although that's automatic. It's being so filled with the living word, the word made flesh, that you are an oracle because you've feasted on what God says. When you believe what God says, your cup begins to overflow. What is the new wine? It's the sapphire sea. Do you understand that? What are you drinking? The cup of the new covenant. You're drinking the sapphire wine of the nature of God, the white eagle. Coming alive and rising from the dead is being progressively more prophetic every single day. Too prophetic, too wild, too weird. Not even close, man. The closer to the throne, the weirder the creature. You don't even have a clue until you have eyes within eyes. I mean, eyes all over your body, eyes all over your bones, eyes in your hearts, and your bloodstream is a bloodstream of eyes. The I am's rivers of eyes because every living word every sapphire stone that you've walked on is a realm that you can currently see into and you are not blind Jesus said the religious leaders were blind leading the blind but Jesus had a different type of ministry which was vision which was words that came from God that if you believed them walked on them walking on water crossing the sea crossing the storm it had vision in it. It superseded the natural elements. It superseded time and space. Prophecy has always superseded the realm of the natural because it was the prophetic word that created the heavens and the earth with the whisper. <laughs> it's time that everyone mature greatly in the prophecy of the seven spirits of God. Oh, it's only for those freaks. I'm not a prophet. You got a prophet in you. Do you ask Jesus in your heart? Jesus is the great white eagle. Doesn't get any more prophetic than Jesus. That's the maximum measure of prophecy. God. <laughs> and you ask God inside you. The issue is you had this Nicolaitan spirit, especially amongst those gifted ones in the charismatic church, where it's you're the pew sitters, you're the bench warmers, we're the prophets on the field. Your quarterback and your linebacker, your running back, your superheroes. That ain't it, man. That's demonic activity. That's the Nicolaitan sin Jesus condemned in Revelation. Nicolaitan means separation of church and laity and clergy. There's no separation of laity and clergy or royal priesthood, Peter says. The reason why you're not is because of a lack of understanding 
the prophetic and super prophets ripping you off. Truth or no, they will keep you in your seats and they will not share their secrets with you. They'll actually only tell you the truth to the amount they can control you. If I hadn't experienced it hundreds of times already in the last 21 years of Christianity, I'd tell you otherwise. But the abuse of the gifts in the charismatic church is equal, if not greater, to the abuse of the Catholic church buying and selling indulgences, which is selling the forgiveness of sin. The sin in the charismatic church is equal to that of the Catholic church in the Middle Ages. I tell you the truth. Honestly, worse, because Jezebel is the worst principality. That's harsh. Not harsh enough. I know my father would be way harsher, but we don't want to completely discourage people. The standard of being set apart from Satan... <laughs> into what the Father has actually prepared for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord is so different than what you're currently experiencing in American Christianity. It will look as if you are becoming a new religion because you're coming into heaven and heaven's ways. And they are so different than American Christianity that people will say, this is a new religion emerging. That's new age. It's the kingdom age. New age is right about some things, wrong about most. The issue is repenting your thoughts and your minds, your opinions and ideas to agree with God the Father. Amen. That's how we grow. My food is to do the will of he who sent me, Jesus said. My will is to obey God. My food is to submit my bones to God and let God be God and let me be his servant. Jesus is called the servant of the Lord. How can the son be a servant? Because he only serves around God's living words. He's only walking on those sapphire stones. If God didn't go there, he didn't go there. He watched his father in him lay a course city to city and Jesus was a preacher following his father and he followed his father by the father sending his angels and the angels came and told him go to this city and he watched the angels and he went to that city and then he watched the angels and the angels came with things from God just like they did with John the most mature recorded Christianity we have is John writing Revelation on Patmos and how did all the kingdom of God the Father get orchestrated to John? Through watching, hearing, and following the angels. I have sent my angel to John, <laughs> Revelation says. <laughs> so in maturity, John's in his 90s, guys, the elder of the elderly. In Christian maturity, you are only obeying your father angelically. And we need to step up into that. And some have, many have all over the world that are beginning to work and partner with the angels in the maturity of Apostle John. And there's even greater maturity. We'll even surpass John. John 14, 12, Jesus said we'd surpass Jesus. That you would be even greater than Jesus. Oh, he's God. Listen, it's not about him being God. It's about you staying here and bringing God through your flesh. He only had 33 years and then ascended into the cloud. What happened if he stayed 66 years? What happened if Jesus stayed 99? His body did stay 99. His body stayed 2,000 so that you could have 2,000 times more than his 33 because you're down here and he's up there and he sent his spirit through your hearts to manifest thousands of times more than Jesus brought because Jesus ascended to the Father. It's true. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for opening our hearts and the ears of our hearts to understand what you want to do through our spirits. It's got to be in spirit. It's got to be prophetic. 
And every step you take forward in obedience to God will be a gemstone. You are laying a path of silver, gold, and gemstones. Believer's rewards for the believer's rewards is the path you paved to God's throne. What is the reward of humanity? Inheriting the Father. And in the Father, the Creator, all creation is glorified. Now, people are coming out of such idolatry. Most can't even hear this message. They can't obey this message. They can't receive the grace to obey half of what I'm saying today. And those who can will lead the way for others. They will pave a path of silver, gold, and gemstones. What is the silver, gold, and gemstones? Truth that you could receive by faith and obey by grace. Other people couldn't hear that truth. That truth was so hard. The disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can obey it? You have the holiest, most set-apart men in the nation of Israel saying, this is impossible. Most of what we say at Joel's Bar, people hear and say, that's impossible. There are people here that have faith for it, that are walking in it, even though it's a vast, vast minority. Because what I teach, only Jesus himself can do through you. You can't do anything that I teach at Joel's Bar. It's the most frustrating message a person could ever hear. They get completely frustrated. They manifest. They condemn the message. They condemn the ministry. They make excuses because the true gospel is imparting God the Father's soul into your soul through words of fire. The words of fire. People will run from the words of fire. They will run from a measure of the Holy of Holies that would incinerate their selfishness that would demand obedience to the throne of the kingdom of God. Because in this world, you have a rebellious kingdom. So you have the option to go into Satan's kingdom and say no to any word you hear from a priest with the high priest. And since in this world we are Jesus, you could say, this is the word of the high priest. And anyone who speaks, let him speak as God himself, Scripture says. So that the authority and the power of the kingdom of heaven out of the Spirit, through the Spirit, can be established on earth with authority, with dominion, with government rulership over souls. He is the government of our souls, and he is only inside human hearts, burnt by his word. People submit to some Jesus out in the sky. They're in a rebellious kingdom. They're with rebellious angels. You are only submitting to God if you are submitting to God in each other. As it is written, submit to one another out of reverence for a Christ. You're not God. Yes, you are God. Jesus said, what you have done to the least of these, you have done to me. What did we do to his apostles and prophets? Wow. The ones in whom his character was formed. You see how they treat us? You see what they say, the gossip, the slander? They will make any excuse to disobey. I watch him. Wriggling serpent nature of Satan inside Christians every single day. I wish it weren't so. The word of God is to transform them, but they reject the word. They reject sanctification, and they've altogether rejected glorification. And they try to justify it in their own eyes by religious activity when their hearts are far from God the Father to this day. The stubbornness of the Israelites that perished in the wilderness is worse now in the Christians than it was in Moses' exodus. Been dealing in the depth of it for 15 years. Blessed are they who soften their heart. And God will raise up a new people whose hearts are springs of living water. 
And blessed are they who drink, whose hearts are changed into the river of life that can refresh others with the fountain of the Lamb that they themselves have drunk and be transformed by. But those who minister out of Egypt and from pyramids of bricks of slavery, of do's and don'ts, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, will all be thrown into the lake of fire. And they shall become our prisoners in the lake of fire. All the religious, all those who refuse to change the rebellious ways and following the rebellious angels, they'll all be cast into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire, I tell you the truth. You know what the worst teaching of the lake of fire is? That that's hell. Not one place does it say that's hell. Because Satan's already in hell. Why would he have to be thrown into the lake of fire? Because what the maximum measure of torture for rebel angels and rebel humans is to throw them, throw them into the lake of your spiritual obedience. That's the greatest torture and torment for these wicked people. And that's exactly the justice that God the Father has prepared for the nations. Some will rejoice exceedingly because they've been looking for this grace. They've been looking for this love. They've been looking for the spirit of truth, which is a liquid substance of the river of life. And we have offered truth like a drink for decades. And there's always been those carrying the torch of truth saying, you can eat these fiery coals. You can eat the fire of truth. You, your heart can burn with the fire of truth. The vast majority have rejected it. But in the time of the sons of God, all those who have rejected truth will be thrown into a lake of truth and they will be tormented day and night by the spirit of truth. That's final judgment. And that time is coming forth now by a people that understand the power and the scriptures of God. It's a deeper level of prophecy. No one has interpreted the scriptures that deeply. I have built upon the prophets' interpretations over the years. They have opened doors for me. Do you realize all the wisdom that's down here right now has come through prophets, men and women who served God with their whole soul on fire as a burnt sacrifice. And all of that prophetic anointing makes up all the divine wisdom of the rulership of the kingdom of heaven on earth. So when a prophet opens up a verse for an encounter into a deeper realm of God the Father, you can go into that realm and dig even deeper. Bob Jones, mind this well, would go into that well. Timothy Fox, mine this well, we'll go into that well. And we keep mining, and we keep digging, and we go deeper and deeper. And we discover the heart of the mountain. They dug so deep, they uncovered the very heart of God. And so that all the revelations of all the wisdom of all the prophets has led to the same exact source. The throne of God the Father through the revelation of the scriptures. How deep can you go in your interpretation of the word? Is there such a thing as being too spiritually minded, too renewed in your mind? Man, your interpretation of revelation is far out there. It is, because it builds on all the revelation of all the true prophets throughout the ages. This is the time where the word is fully understood and the path is cut through the mountain to the very center of the throne of God. The wisdom of the ages. The maturation of the times. Understanding the fullness of the word of God is the centrality of our kingdom. <laughs> the word of God when it's burned in your heart, produces the very walls of the kingdom. It stretches your heart. Your heart begins to be pulled out like a tapestry. And what can we do inside a human heart? Now a divine heart. 
now a stretched heart. I will write my words upon their hearts, Hebrews says. What happens when God writes his word on your heart? The heart becomes divine. It goes into realms of the prophetic. The word becomes your bloodstream. You go from rivers of dirt to rivers of lava and fire. You go into encounters of the word. And the keys of the kingdom are the words of God written on your heart that flow through your very bloodstream. The word made flesh. And it's spread out as a canopy of the word through your bloodstream. The river of life has been made your bloodstream. And this blood speaks, the river speaks. The spirit of Elijah is the voice of the river of life or the bloodstream of those sanctified by the word of grace. Bloodlines, bloodstreams, all mixed with God's holy words. I am like a drunken man because of the Lord's holy words, said Jeremiah. All of it written in your heart. All of it flowing in your veins and arteries. All of it mixing with your neighbors. How can we obey the golden rule? How can we love our neighbor as ourselves? All the weight of Moses, the law, and the prophets hangs on this one commandment, love. I'm going to get love into their bloodstream. I'm going to make it the nature of the one new man. I'm going to make it the nature of the new humanity, the new civilization, the new earth, and the new heaven, says the Lord. My word will so transform my people's hearts that it will become their new blood. Behold, I make all things new, 2 Corinthians 5.17. New blood. Your blood is changing, your streams are changing, your bones and your marrow are changing because you are believing the words of God. That's what transfigures you. The washing of the water of the word. And it will lift you up and it will take you into the holy of holies. And you can dwell on the Father's throne and he will teach you the mysteries of the gospel. And he will teach you the mysteries of heaven. He will teach you the depths of his heart. I shout my truths, but I whisper my secrets, and I write them upon the tablet of your beating hearts. That it becomes alive, it becomes encountered, and that blood becomes the very energy through your veins and arteries of the atmospheres of new cities and new nations. Old cities and old nations have passed away. Behold, I make all things new and I'm doing it through the blood <laughs> and what is this new blood speaking a better word what is the better word the progressive teaching and preaching of the gospel of God and the gospel of God is nothing less than the words being spoken this moment in the throne room of heaven how do you get there taking what you had yesterday putting it in your heart as treasure and letting that word carry you every day we have treasured the words of God heaven and earth will pass away but the words of God remain forever so it's the word that's the anchor, the logos for the soul where? not to anything externally the soul, the brain, the bones, and the heart anchored to God in your belly, anchored to your womb, your innermost being, anchored to the throne that has rivers pouring out of it, the gush of grace within you, the breaking of the mighty waters within your womb. It's not going to flow downward down your legs, it's going to flow upward through your hearts. And it's an energy. It's an invisible energy. It's an invisible God that mixes with your heart and you become his representatives, his ambassadors. You make him visible by how much he's mixed with your bloodstream. 
That blood becomes immune to every sickness and disease. Soon, God's holy people won't even be able to catch a cold. Why? Because of the glorification of your bloodlines. You've been lifted out of Egypt. They were so healthy coming out of Egypt. They were so blessed coming out of Egypt. Not one sick amongst them, Scripture says. Then they got into some serpent sin in the wilderness, and they got sick and died, diseases. And just the nightmare never ended because they went back into Egypt with their hearts. You need to have your heart progressively moving further and further from the realm of the dead. And your heart focused on the promised land, and within the promised land, the throne of Zion, which is the throne of God the Father. You could settle anywhere in the kingdom of heaven. We can only be satisfied by being seated in Christ in heavenly places. Seated inside the mother of pearl, inside the living gold, inside the fiery coals, inside the light being, inside the radiance and the beams of the gifts of the Spirit beaming out of God the Father all the goodness that exudes from him. Don't let it distract you. I'm not starting a domination. Those gifts are awesome. I will go right through the beams of light, right into the Father, and in him we'll live and move and have our being with no distraction, no turning to the left, no turning to the right, shooting up like a tender shoot straight up, vertical upward motion directly focused on the heart of God the Father, the heart of the mountain. That throne is the centrality of the new heavens and the new earth and the priesthood of Melchizedek that brings it about now through these words that focus your minds in that place changes the planetary existence, changes everything. The changing of the mind, the changing of the focus, the changing of the thoughts of the heart, the changing of your intentions, all of it changes by the words from those who serve God in the Holy of Holies, the heart of the mountain. And you can see when we dig deep enough into that place, we will release enough light through our blood that will influence all the bloodlines of all the nations. And then you come into Revelation chapter 7. Who are these multitudes beyond counting? These are those who come out of the great religious tribulation, the pressure of the external of the fallen angels. And the priesthood of the sons of God, the friends of the bridegroom, will bring all humanity into awareness of God the Father's throne. And they will say, like it says in Revelation, and now the throne of God is with men. <laughs> has it always been with men? Of course it has. Emmanuel. God is with us. Problem is, we didn't have enough food of revelation to fully awaken the dormant dead mind of man to the spiritual throne of God the Father on earth. Now we will. There is a movement and a teaching of the priesthood of Melchizedek, the priests who served before the literal throne of God the Father in Zion, in spirit, and with renewed minds, that will make that realm so real to everyone on earth that everyone on earth will be awakened to the throne of God with man and the nations will come and worship God and the nations shall come into Zion and the nations shall rejoice in the reign of Christ because a priesthood has come forth that brings him out of heaven into earth through human hearts in Jesus name be blessed Father bless everyone at the sound of my voice meet them where they are thank you Father that you're a God that comes to the prodigal sons, to the religious and the rebellious, no matter where you're at. The Father meets you right there in reality and touches your heart and fills you 
with his love and grace and fire and power and glory and changes you and brings you back home into his heart and seals you with the very blood of Jesus and makes everything new in your souls. Be sealed in that place. Grow in the glory of that place. Grow in the revelations of being perfectly loved and adopted into the family of God the Father and the family of all the awesome angels, now your servants and attendants, because you've come home to God the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.